Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome, everyone, to the SI Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thank you for joining me as we get through the summer, head towards football. Once we get to August, we can start to think about football. But until then, we try to deal with the slow time here in the sports calendar. But busy time here on the pod. We have John O'Ran from Sports Business Journal. Talk about the latest sports media news, Charles Barkley and Live Golf and whether he leaves TNT, what's going on with NFL Sunday Ticket, the uh, streaming uh, bonanza continues, NFL Plus is now a thing, ESPN raising their prices, so all that with John Oran. Then we have Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer following Oran to talk about Vince McMahon leaving WWE, the controversial exit, retiring. His daughter, Stephanie, taking over as CEO, I believe, and then Triple H, his son-in-law, Paul Levesque, in charge of creative, and uh, Meltzer breaks that down as well as anyone, and then train of thoughts with Sal Licata, where we get into some uh, topics about uh, the Radio Hall of Fame, the demise of Choco Taco that everyone's talking about, the Jeter Doc, and what we would pay for a concert. So it's a loaded show. I'm not even going to give you the preamble about go check out past episodes. Just check them out. Subscribe to the pod. We've had some great guests. Give us a review. We will read reviews next week. If you leave it on Apple, five-star review and subscribe. All right. John O'Ran on sports media news going around. And then we've got Dave Meltzer on the Vince McMahon retirement. And then Salakata with the train of thoughts right here on the SI Media Podcast. All right. Joining me now, SI Media Podcast, regular from Sports Business Journal and the Marshan and O'Ran Podcast. John O'Ran. John, how are you? 
doing great. Jimmy, I'm doing this. Is how much I like you. I'm doing this. Jackson Holiday is being introduced at Camden Yards right now as, as we're speaking. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'd rather do the SI. The Spoke Orioles are hot. Podcast. So I, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, you know, I, I had to have someone on to talk about Charles Barkley and live, but I just want to give my listeners here full, full disclosure. We're taping this Wednesday afternoon. Charles has said or told Dan Patrick uh, he's making a decision by Thursday night. If there's no offer by Thursday night, he's done with live. So hopefully this isn't too outdated for people listening over the weekend. And obviously we'll get a decision on Barkley after this comes out. But to me, the Barkley live thing is as big a sports media story as all the NFL broadcasters who, who switched roles in the off season. Um, what do you, how do you think it plays out? Let's just go easy and start with that. Go easy. This is great. So as people are listening, they're, they're going to either hear that I'm totally wrong or, or totally right. Um, I don't have a good handle on this. I, I, I think the sense that I get Jimmy is that, um, uh, Barkley has seen what Tom Brady's making and he's seen what all, all the, uh, you know, uh, Troy Aikman made and Romo and, and, and he is, can you come up with a, um, uh, do I want to say more liked? What, what's a good adjective for, for Barkley, but he he's at the top of his game as a studio analyst. I can't think yeah. of anybody in any sport who, who, uh, is able to, um, just cut cut through the clutter in a way that that he does uh and and i i think he is liked as well um and so to me i have a sneaking suspicion that this is just trying to get turner back to say hey come on let's uh you know i'm not i should be making a lot more than i am um uh that being said if he gets, you know, if you get an offer and that offer is is huge, like you know, will will he go and take it? That's a um, he is he he said that he will, or he's indicated that that he would. Um, uh, but right now, and I could have egg on my face. Right now, my belief is that Turner is going to uh, give him a promise of more money, and then he's going to stay with Turner and uh, and get a bit of an extension. What, what do you think? How do you see it? You know, it's funny because I almost feel like Turner is not a factor here because Charles made it clear that if Liv comes up with a certain number, he's going. Now, that could be a negotiating ploy. You know, I, I've always thought of Charles as maybe he's different from any other broadcaster, and I thought maybe he'd be above playing that kind of game. I thought, you know, he seems like the type that would just go to Turner and say, this is what I want. Having said that, I was pretty stunned. I, I'd like your take on this. And I know a lot of people who reached out to me were, were, were surprised when he went on Dan Patrick on Monday and said, between Turner and endorsements, he's making $20 million a year. I, I think everyone assumed the number was going to be much higher than that for Charles. Um, I don't know if I was stunned. I, I, I don't think I've, I've given that a, a, a ton of thought. Um, I know that he does have a ton of endorsements and he's a, I mean, he is a cornerstone. He's the cornerstone of uh, of inside the NBA. I would probably expect that to be maybe fifty percent higher, like thirty or so. Right. But uh, uh, right. to twenty is is within the sort of low range of the ballpark for me. I right. think. Now, from the live perspective, 
I mean, I can make the argument Charles would be more important to them than any golfer they bring in outside of maybe, you know, Tiger. They've got a couple of names there with Mickelson and and Kepka and all that, but I think people would tune in to hear Charles more than watch Lee Westwood. (laughs) (laughs) So from the live standpoint, here, I, I probably should follow the live thing more closely than I am, but I don't. It's not part of my world, but I would assume they have unlimited money. If they have unlimited money, why not give Charles $50 million a year? Well, I don't know if it's unlimited money, but they certainly don't have a business plan that would work for any any capitalistic franchise. Right. I mean, they they they, they have no they're making no media revenue. Uh, they're, they're making no sponsor revenue uh, from, from what I can, can understand. I mean, this is a, a long term play uh, that 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 they're trying to do here, of course. Yeah. But um. Uh, you know, we just had um, uh, on our pod. We just had David David Hill, who ran right. um, Fox Sports, and you know, uh, and, and he also is advising Live. And right. we like, we asked him about about the Charles factor, and it, that got him sort of talking about. Um, and I know this is a topic uh, on, on your pod all the time. Like, do announcers actually bring viewers? And he didn't necessarily talk about the announcers bringing viewers, but but he did say that announcers are worth a, a premium because there there are very few announcers that people will actually listen to. And 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 um, uh, NB, NBC, uh, I, I was talking to, to Molly Solomon. NBC, you know, described Live Golf. They say they don't they don't really cover it on Golf Channel because it's like an it feels like an exhibition to them. Uh, right. And then if you get like Charles Barkley on there talking over an exhibition and giving and, and I, he, he's just he's fantastic on television he, i mean right. he's a bona fide television star that could be a way to start right. to, to to you know uh, uh bring viewers and and make viewers stay on for for longer so there's a lot there um because live currently doesn't have a television deal here in the u.s charles on P- dan patrick repeatedly said they will get a tv deal the fact that david hill is was on your pod talking about helping live makes me think something will happen with, I think live and Fox. I mean, Fox is sitting here with FS one, which has like no programming basically. Um, I, I shouldn't say no programming, but outside of major league baseball, I'm not sure. And they have college football, but they can use programming on FS one. NBC is not going to get in bed with live. CBS is not going to do it. ESPN won't do it. Fox, I think is the, is the one who would, and I think what, you know, forget will someone tune in for the announcers. What Charles would give them is credibility as, a, as an organization, I think. And I also think well, on well, the flip- credibility as a TV show more than right. an organization. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. And I also think, listen, as of right now, if you take away stories about which golfers have jumped ship and how the PGA is sort of trying to punish the golfers that have jumped ship live isn't getting any coverage around their events. Charles calls the event. Every single website, every single blog is going to aggregate all the stuff he's saying. And then live all of a sudden they're getting some publicity that they're not getting right. All the publicity they're getting right now is like what they're doing to the PGA and the future and this and that. They're not getting any coverage of their actual tournaments and events. Charles goes there and then that's going to change. Yeah, I, I I agree with that somewhat. I think that there's a there's a certain truism to to all of media and not not sports media, uh, not just sports media, and 
if this gets eyeballs, if people start to show an interest in uh, in in the competition, uh, and the 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 more important uh, shoe to drop is if advertisers start to uh, decide that they they want to take part in this and and that they're willing to uh, to, to to move over uh, that way, you're going to see a, a U.S. T- uh, television deal. Um, every single network that you mentioned, including Fox, has said you know has said no. Fox had very early talks with um, with Live about a time by, but uh, but but right now, pu- uh, publicly, actually, I don't know if any of them is, are speaking publicly, but certainly privately, it's you know th- that is like a no go area. Um, uh, again, they need they need ratings. They're looking for ratings. Is this, if this turns into an established television uh, property? Then, then yeah, I could uh, I could easily see that happening. Um, I do think that this weekend coming up uh, at the uh, Bedminster is going to be a very interesting uh, test case for it. Like in the shadow of uh, what was the, the World Trade Center with the protesters uh, who are very media savvy out in front. I mean, we'll, we'll see who sort of has a stomach to wade through that if, uh, it, uh, for, for for this march for. Uh, you know, add money and, and eyeballs. Right. right. And the other, th- the other thing I find interesting in this is, tell me what you think. I feel like Charles has all the power here, meaning if Charles wants to do both, meaning live and, and TNT, I don't think live would stop him. They have, know, man. Charles I, has the power. I, I, Charles does have, a, have the power. And, and I think that the, the Turner uh, will want to, uh, would want to keep him on, regardless i you know people don't stay up forever and and i think that if somebody like charles were to make a move to go to live you know he risked damaging his his reputation he he risked all of a sudden becoming like a legit villain uh and then and he risked becoming you know, but by, by uh, not a bad risk if they're going to pay him, you know, sixty million dollars. But but he risks becoming almost nuclear to where you know uh, people won't want to uh, associate with him. And so that's something to you know uh, to, to keep an eye on of is yeah. sort of what the public sentiment is over the sports washing of uh, of of live golf right now. Yeah, I, you know, I, there's a part of me that thinks live will offer. Charles, whatever he wants. And there's a part of me that thinks Charles can say to live and TNT, like I want to do both. And I think they would both let him, neither would want to let him go. I mean, TNT doesn't want to let him go and live doesn't, you know, if live has an opportunity to get him, is live going to let, I don't know, $10 million stand in the way. I would think they'd, they'd go to that. Oh, they, they'd pay, they'd pay whatever. And they've already yeah. shown they'd pay whatever. And, yeah. and uh, I already think Charles is the number one sports media star uh, the, the, on, on television right now. The amazing thing is, will you know, if he did the live, like, is he doing it to actually analyze golf or are they bring him there to be a comedian? Because, you know, if you're a golf, if you're a golf person, do you want an NBA guy doing the analysis of an event? I think that's a little tricky if you're trying to have some credibility. I mean, did you read uh, Jason Gay's profile in the uh, or I, open letter? In the I have it in an open tab, but I have not read it yet. Uh, at one point, he says, uh, he, "He says, Charles, I know you can't name five Orlando Magic players right now. Uh, so it's not yeah. he, he's he's a Hall of Famer. He knows more basketball than uh, he's forgotten more basketball than than either of us have, uh, has ever known. Yeah. But he's he's hardly sort of this you know 
seam head, a basketball version of a seam head that sort of knows the game inside and out right now in terms of the players that are there. I mean, he understands competition. He understands, um, you know, how to make, how to give opinions uh, that, that uh, again, break through the clutter. And, um, you know, he doesn't need to know about like whether it's a five iron or a seven iron that goes in or the, the way the wind is blowing. Tell me what you think happens. Give me a prediction so then we can make fun of you if you're wrong. If you're wrong. <laughs> and right, I'll make you, one too. I'll make one too. All right. Good, good, good. Uh, I, I, I said, I, I think that Turner is going to say, don't do it. Uh, don't, don't risk your reputation. We'll, we'll pony up. And uh, y- you have the number one voice on TV right now. Like, let's just continue that uh, moving forward. I was convinced he was going to live. I was totally convinced. But then hearing him with Dan Patrick, I th- I think he wants to stay with with Turner. So, so Jimmy, think- you're from you're from New York. You mm-hmm. live in New York. Uh, d- does does live in the Saudi involvement? D- does that bug you? <sighs> does it bug me? I mean, listen, a lot of things bug me. You know, <laughs> I you, you know, it's one of those things you don't want to say it doesn't bug you because you don't want to come off as being disrespectful to to the victims of 9-11 whether it bugs me or not this this golf organization they're here and they've poached a ton of golfers already it's not going anywhere they'll get a tv deal so does it bug me you know there's a lot of things that that bug me um in sports I, I, for me personally, you know, I'm not a huge golf fan, so maybe that's part of why I'm not as worked up as other people. You know, you hear the, the you know, the the families of of the victims of 9/11 have come out, and you hear that, and obviously, it's like, how could you not feel bad for them? But it's not like they wouldn't play somewhere else. I, I, I get if you don't want them here in New York, but it's not like the tournament's going to get shut down. They're going to keep going. Um, so. You know how it is in this business. If there's money involved, people are going to take the money. Yeah, and let me be clear too about a a TV deal. When when they do a TV deal, and I do think they will end up doing a TV deal, it's likely going to be a time buy. There's uh, there's going to be little, if any, rights fee that's associated with this, at least at first, as they start to 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 ramp up a little bit. And uh, uh, I I would I would imagine that they have a streaming service like DAZN sitting there willing to take it right now uh i i, I think that there's a, a bigger you know fish to fry they, they want to be on linear television you know right. to, in the united states and that's that's sort of what the, the they're holding out for there one thing i want to say and i said this on twitter the other day if you listen to barkley on dan patrick it showed you what a tremendous interviewer dan patrick is i mean he just kept asking every single question that you wanted to ask and he did it straightforward he did now it helps when you have barkley who will basically answer everything. <laughs> but you don't hear interviews like that often where the interviewer asks how much you make, how much you're willing, how much you need to leave, and the, and the interviewee answering. So from the interview perspective of it, I thought it was fascinating. I, I, I find Dan Patrick to be the best interviewer in the business. I mean, he, he, he asks all the right questions. He's a, he just appears to be naturally curious about the person that he's interviewing which always helps and uh the, the the key thing to me is he actually listens he listens to what the person says and he follows up which is uh which is uh you know sometimes tough to do when when you're on live radio or live television yep 
let's shift to NFL. Um, Sunday ticket. Everything you read says Apple. T- Apple's going to get it. Now, we, I, I think you reported that Google made a bid. Well, let me start with that. What is the NFL waiting for exactly? Because I know they said in the, I think Adele said in the fall there'll be a decision. I mean, maybe they're on summer vacation and that's why they're not dealing with it now. But what if they have a bid from Apple, they have the bid from Google, I'm sure Amazon, like what, what are they waiting for? What, what's taking so long to get the decision going? This isn't going to be a strict uh, Sunday ticket rights deal. There's a lot of, they're, they're trying to uh, th- throw in or add in throw in makes it sound <laughs> it makes it sound bad but they're, they're they're also for sale is a major stake in nfl media which is nfl.com nfl network nfl red zone uh i'm not entirely certain if that new streaming service nfl plus is part of it but i i, I think it is um and, and so that be that all of a sudden becomes a much more complicated um uh deal uh to come up with uh and and then um the way that Apple uh, and all my sourcing has Apple as sort of the, the, the front runner now that can change. Like, like I always say, like all it takes is Bezos to wake up and say, no, I want it. And they'll cut a bigger check and, and get it. But right now it, it looks like uh, it looks like it's going to be Apple. And if you take a look at the way they did the MLS deal, that was another one that just took a long time. And, and that's sort of the way that Apple does business. Apple feels like it has a lot of um, leverage in, in these discussions and they, you know, and, and they're just kind of like, you know, leaving no stone unturned. So part of that is the way that Apple does business. Part of it is the fact that it's not a, not going to be a clean and easy. We just want to pay, you know, $2 billion for direct TV. Uh, and, and that's the other part of this too. Once this comes out, the money is going to be really big, but yeah. it's not just going to be for Sunday ticket. It's going to be very hard to determine the value of Sunday ticket because, you know, it's been well reported, you know, what uh, DirecTV pays. And, um, you know, it's been losing a ton of money over the past. It was tried to get out of it a couple of years right. ago because it can't make money off of it. So I was I, shocked because I read this week. I, I think DirecTV only had 1.5 million subscribers for Sunday Ticket and it was down from 2 million. I, I'm surprised more people don't have Sunday Ticket across the country that's completely addicted. to. Well, you know, what, uh, you, you know what? You know what? There are a couple of things that have been killers for Sunday Ticket. One is they now have national games in um, yeah. uh, o- over in uh, over. England and yeah. international. Thursday night has a really good schedule. Uh, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, Monday night, uh, and so all, all of a sudden, what you're getting for a Sunday ticket. I mean, if you're a if you're a Cowboys fan who lives in New York, how many Cowboys games do you do? Are you going to buy Sunday ticket right. for those two right. or three Cowboys games that you're not going to going to see regularly? Uh, it's a, you know, when I when I got rid of DirecTV a few years ago, I, I would always break it down this way. Where you really need Sunday ticket is for Sunday at one. That's where Sunday ticket is valuable, especially here in New York, where we have two teams that are completely right. and totally yeah. unwatchable every week. It's because the best game at 425 is always a national game. And there'd always be like maybe one, you know, there's only three or four games at four o'clock. So you could, you know, use the street, use some illegal streams and all that stuff. Sunday at one is where you really need Sunday ticket, especially if you're in a market like in New York where you can't watch the teams because they're pathetic. So 
you're right. It, uh, there's so many games nationally now and everything yeah. is so spread out. But then if you see. add on top of it, uh, Sunday at one, I, I, how content are you with NFL Red Zone? Not content at all. I like to watch the game. You like the games? I, I like the game mix. I like yeah. to do the four or the six and watch everything. So, Well, if you talk to people at DirecTV, they, they point to the launch of NFL Red Zone and, and they just say like that, that enabled people right. to, to uh, de- uh, unsubscribe and right. and still feel like they got a you know Sunday ticket light experience. Right. right. It is I mean when you think about it it's kind of amazing that they were able to give red zone to cable services. I mean that you know you, direct TV could not have been happy when when that happened like you just said. Yeah. There's, I've never, I, I still have yet to see a media company say no or play hardball with uh, the NFL and win. It hasn't yeah. happened in my career. <laughs> La- last thing on this, and we've discussed this before when you've been on, and I still get tweets about this all the time when it comes out that Sunday ticket will probably go to Apple. People want to know about the bars, and because obviously that's an enormous, enormous thing where people go to bars to watch the games. You've said in the past that there'll still be some sort of direct TV deal. Do you know if that's still true? Or? Uh, that That is the most likely scenario. Um, uh, th- th- there is potential that uh, Apple will say no and, uh, you know, it'll just kind of, or, or, or whoever will say no and move forward on their own and just make, make all the bars uh, you know, get, get wired up. But, you know, I, I've, I've heard, you know, these big national chains like, you know, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, they, they, they don't have smart TVs up there. They, 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 they depend on, on, you know, direct TV. So I, I, I would be I, uh, I mean, nothing's happened yet because they haven't done a Sunday ticket deal. And, and once let's let's just say it's Apple. Once Apple does a deal, then direct TV has to deal with Apple. They're not dealing with the NFL anymore. Okay. And so once they do that, like w- once that first deal done, it gets right. done. I would be shocked if DirecTV doesn't have another part of that because yeah. that's a big part of DirecTV's business. It, you know, there's a theory out there, and I, I've had major issues with DirecTV. I canceled DirecTV, I, but I don't want to see people lose their jobs. I don't want to see things going out of business. But DirecTV, like they survive losing Sunday ticket, they'll be fine. Um. Yeah, they were losing money off Sunday Ticket. I, right. I, I, it, it depends on how many people end up uh, leaving DirecTV because they don't have Sunday Ticket anymore. Um, right. And they, they started giving Sunday Ticket away, you know, to, to, toward the end. I think Sunday. I, I think it'll be fine. I think that you can take a look at, um, at you know, uh, Dish Network, at the the other consumer satellite um, service. You know, they're doing. They're able to be. Uh, uh, to make a profit, you know, and, and they've shed all the RSNs, you know, so they're right. spending less on programming, but they're still able to get people to to buy like lower cost pro, program, uh, relatively lower cost programming tiers. You mentioned in this discussion NFL Plus, which launched another service where they want fans to pay, <laughs> and the NFL they know how to reach into your pocket. Well, uh, and also ESPN Plus just raised their price by three dollars a month and we've been in agreement on this but it's just fascinating to me that there are sports fans out there who still think this is a good thing i and, know and, we and, were by the way we were early adopters in yes. this of like we had a bundle and i just want to be clear because this is where this issue where some people try to battle me on it my my point about this is a horrible time is if you like every sport if you like 
NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, soccer, golf. If you're one of those crazy sports fans, this is horrific because you are paying so much money to, if you want to consume everything. And it just it's going to get worse and worse and worse. It's, un, it's, it's crazy. I think the NHL did a really smart deal where, uh, you know, if, if you want to see every NHL game, you subscribe to the Disney Plus bundle and, and you get it. It's, it's a one-stop one right. shop for that. Right. MLS, I think part of its deal was re- really smart. Like if you really want, if you're a really deep, passionate MLS fan, you subscribe to Apple and, and, uh, and it's a pretty easy uh, fix. But like, like you said, what if you're an NHL fan and an MLS fan? And an NFL fan now, and right. and, and you, you throw in Major League Baseball and you like it, you know, golf because I know they put the golf on Peacock on the last major. People were pissed off about that. Yeah, we have uh, soccer is out yeah. there. I mean, yeah. I I have seen um, baseball uh, get bashed this spring because you know you, you have to you have to uh, do Peacock, you have to Apple, do Apple TV. TV Plus. You have to have a cable subscription for the RSNs. And Amazon here in New York, if you want to watch the Yankees, on they're, they're on Amazon Prime every Friday night here on, in New York. On top of it. And, and part, yeah. part of me feels bad for baseball because they're such a lightning rod because they're just doing what every other sport is doing. Generally. The issue with baseball is baseball won't just say, we need the money. <laughs> you know, exactly. e- e- They lost a lot of money in their ESPN deal when ESPN got rid of the midweek games and ESPN just does Sunday night now. So... ESPN's paying MLB a lot less, so they did the Peacock and Apple deals to make up the cash. Just say that, but they won't say that. They say stupid things, and then they get bashed. I, I will say this. This is my issue with this, and this is, you know, just to be clear. The issue is that if you put games exclusively, and this is what this is. This is exclusive. So you have exclusive games on Apple, exclusive games on Peacock here in New York with the Yankees, exclusive games on Amazon Prime. My cable will though do two hundred dollars a month because cable I'm paying for the Yes Network. Yeah, right. exactly. That's yeah. the issue, and it's very simple to me. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with MLB making a deal with Apple TV. Just don't make the games exclusive in the local market. You know, geek, the local game should be on your local cable station if the local cable company is still charging you full price. That's it. Yeah, you know what I'm uh, frustrated about with those deals is that um, the. Uh, these were packages that all of the linear TV networks said no to. Nobody wanted these packages because uh, when, when ESPN did have them, they were on the RSNs. They, they, they were not exclusive uh, to, to, to ESPN. And so now all of a sudden these packages that historically have had very little viewership have gone on to Apple TV Plus and they will not MLB, Apple TV Plus, they will not say how many people are watching it. So we have no idea and there, there's no guidance at all on whether this is a good deal or, uh, and, and, peop- and they are actually attracting a lot younger fans and, and they are attracting more fans if it's a you know, so-so deal or if it's a bad deal. It's a, uh, right. uh, the only thing I did, I, I, I asked uh, an MLB executive, he said, oh, the numbers are great. <laughs> sure. Then why aren't they out there? Exactly. Yeah. So are my podcast numbers. Those are great yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, listen, th- that was going to be my next question to you is because we went back and forth on Twitter about this the other day where Peacock and Apple won't release the numbers. What, how great could the numbers possibly be, first of all, when the Apple package is a Friday night package and the Peacock is a Sunday morning at 1130? I mean, you're hurting yourself, I think, you know, right there. And then um, 
again, ha- baseball is so localized. It's so localized. How many people in Los Angeles are going to go to Apple TV to watch Royals against Tigers? I mean, it's just such a weird, weird deal. To I will say this. You know, Apple so far has done a, a, a pretty good job, I think, in terms of on, on a Friday night, if you open up the Apple TV app, it's right there. It's impossible to miss. And so if you right. have any interest in it, right. I think that, that, that you are going to be uh, cl- clicking on that and seeing it. Yeah. And I have no critiques of the of the telecast. My critique is that it's exclusive. That's my only critique. And I, I also I also think that the um, I mean there are 162 games. If if there are well, you, you, uh, poor you, you like the Yankees. So so <laughs> there are more of those games that that that, that you're going to lose than me with the Orioles. I guess right. But right. If, if I can't see two Oriole games because they they happen to be on you know Apple right. TV or Peacock, then you know it's two. What what percentage is two out of one hundred sixty? Right, you know. Well, that that the, the the couple of times the Yankees have been on Apple and and Peacock, I just haven't watched the games. I mean, you know, if it's the NFL on Thursday night, you're going to watch the game on Amazon. That's not going to be a problem. Baseball, one hundred sixty two games, like you said, every day. You could blow off a couple of games, and it's not really a big deal. I think Amazon and the NFL will be fine because it's the NFL. I don't know, man. That, that Thursday night football is, uh, you know, I think that they ended up getting a, a, a pretty good package uh, for, for Thursday night, uh, better than I was expecting it to be. But um, I love I love any of your tweets and any of your columns that reference your dad. And I just I just think about like, yeah. you know, guys like your dad that are trying to like it's on Amazon Prime. I don't know what the, I don't know what Amazon Prime is. I mean, what's sad about it is they don't care about people who are 60, 70 years old. And, you know, I that's sort of, you know, the way, that that's the way it is everywhere. I mean, we've been we've been taping for 30 minutes. Has Amazon hired any more people to work in their <laughs> studio? This is the biggest miss- PR stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Every day, there's another hire. I've never seen anything like it. This I mean, is, it's it, good. Good for jobs. It's big for them. It's big. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's, the pregame show basically is to start at 2 in the afternoon in order to... Although, <laughs> you know, the NFL Network started... When they when the NFL Network was doing Thursday night f- football, they were starting their pregame show at like 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, I think. so. I will say this about Amazon. They came from zero... And I think that their booth is look. I know you love Al Michaels. He's yeah. he's the goat. He's the the, yep. the greatest ever to do the NFL play by play. I think Herb Street is the best college analyst out there right now. I yep. think that uh, the the idea. I, I'm I'm totally curious to see if he's going to that's going to translate to the NFL. Uh, and I, I I expect that that it will. And then you know they have been making a ton of hires, but like the hires they're they're making are like these young, uh, I mean, it, it, it's a different kind of hire. You're, you're, right. you're not going to be sitting there with, you know, Jimmy Johnson who did, hasn't coached anybody that's currently playing or Howie Long who hasn't played with anybody that's currently playing. These are guys almost like Tony Romo, his first year that are going to be like, yeah, when I was on the field at that moment with that person and it could blow up, it, they, it could be awful, but I think it's a unique strategy. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I think Herb Street will be great with Al Michaels on Thursday night football, the, the two or three NFL games, Herb street did for ESPN. I thought he was tremendous. So I, I think that's going to be a great booth. You know, the, the pregame show with the 800 people, I don't know, <laughs> you know, 
I, you know, I, I, on Sunday, on Sunday mornings, if you if you flip on NFL Network, you think, wow, there's a lot of people, and that set is massive. Amazon's going to blow it away, so it'll be interesting to see how they fit them all in. But they can, you know, it's Amazon. They could they could start their pregame show anytime they want. I mean, it's not like they have any other pro. It's that's the beauty of the streaming. They could do whatever they want with that. Yeah, telecast. they're, they're going to do the alternate telecast too, and I, I don't know how many they're going to do uh, 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 out of that. But you know, they they've always had three or four going so there's they're keeping a lot of nflers employed let's uh let's put it that way and that's good that's good um anything on college football with the big 10 i I guess that's going to come down soon right uh yeah i'm told uh, at some point in august it should come down before labor day uh fox is certain to keep it yeah um I uh, if I'm going to handicap, I still think CBS it, like CBS has to have something. They're losing the SEC on Saturday afternoon. That's a big hole. Uh, I I would expect CBS to be extremely aggressive in terms of keeping it. And then the the wild card is whether or not ESPN has come back and and uh, how much Amazon is going to be there, and whether the big the conference and the university presidents are going to be okay with taking a couple of games and putting them on, on a streaming service like Amazon, which is a, uh, you know, you want to talk old school college athletics is very old school. That, that, that would be a really, you know, tough thing to, uh, to, 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 how would that, so they would have exclusive games, exclusive big 10 games on Amazon only. Is that what they would do with a couple? Almost certainly. But, but then again, like uh, I think one of the things like if, if they do a deal with ESPN, there would be exclusive games on ESPN plus, plus. I'm sure too, which they've started to do a very little bit, I think. And see, that's where ESPN, I don't, I mentioned the $3 increase for ESPN plus earlier. I mean, if you're a sports fan, the, the nine 99, the 10 bucks for ESPN plus is, is a good deal just because there's so much stuff on there. You know, I know as a degenerate gambler, I have ESPN plus (laughs) going from noon to midnight on, on Saturdays with all the games that, that they have on there. So yeah, Jimmy, and, I don't always uh, bite in uh, for a network spin, but I thought their spin was actually uh, uh, pretty good. If you take a look at, you know, what PGA tour live was, which is now part of ESPN plus, you know, it's, it, it, it cost more uh, last year, uh, the NHL, you know, out of market package, right. you know, that's all part of ESPN plus look at how much you're paying for Netflix and for other similar things. Yep. Uh, you know, if you put them next to each other, it does make a lot of sense. Um, what I found to be particularly interesting about that, though, is that they didn't ri- raise the price of the bundle uh, right. for uh, Disney Plus or, or right. Hulu as well. So they're really trying to like build up the bundle. Yeah, I have the bundle, so I was excited to see that when at first I saw they were raising their prices. But they, I mean, listen, they from a content standpoint, you you get bang for your buck with with ESPN Plus. And I'm not well, just so, saying uh, that. Well, but, let me ask you a quick question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just because I'm curious, and I think I know yeah, the yeah. answer to this. What's your favorite, not sports related, just all in all, what's your favorite streaming service? Probably. Now you're talking about content or ease, ease, ease of use. Every, everything is, is involved. I mean, the one I, like I said, the ESPN plus is very, very important to me because of college football on, on Saturdays. I, I use ESPN Plus every Saturday from noon to midnight. That's not a lie. And I never have a problem with the service. There's no buffering and all that bullshit. Like, it's very good. The one I like using the best is HBO Max. 
I thought that was going to be the first thing you said. I, I find I'm on HBO Max uh, all the time. Yeah. yeah, Peacock I think is is not a great, not great at all. Um, Netflix is fine, I guess. Prime is fine. Hulu's okay. I, I like HBO Max the best out of all, and I think Apple TV is good too. Apple TV is surprisingly good. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That that's basically. But again. All right, so so if you're ranking them, ESPN Plus, HBO Max. Yeah, and and I guess Apple. And Apple, yeah, I have HBO yeah. Max and Apple up yeah. there. Yeah, I don't watch Netflix as much as it seems everyone else does. Um, I rarely watch Prime. I use Hulu uh, more than Netflix and Prime. Probably, I've been watching The Bear on Hulu. I recommend it. I've I've heard good things about that one. It's very good. Very good. Um, I have not signed up though for NFL plus and I don't think I will be. Well, why would you, you get everything anyway, right? I know it's, we, I don't, I don't know. I guess that's really for like the people who want to go rewatch the games during the week. Right. And get this camera version and everything out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not breaking down film. I, that's, that's fine. That's one I don't need. I wish there were a couple I could get rid of. That's what I wish, but it doesn't seem that's the case. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's inertia or like you're just worried something else is going to come up and so you just kind of keep it. It's just, you know, you always hear about, oh, this show is on this streaming then this one's on and you yeah. got to check this out. You know, in terms of sports, you really, I think you just need ESPN Plus. I'm trying to think. Well, you'll need Amazon, obviously, for Thursday Night Football. Uh, you'll need, um, and you'll need Apple at some point. I mean, they, they, right. they're making well, some moves yeah. over there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sunday ticket, if it's on Apple, then yeah, for sure. If, if, if they didn't get Sunday ticket, I'm not sure I would need Apple. Uh, then, no, I mean, they, they won baseball game and, uh, yeah, you know, a week and, and, uh, MLS, which I don't think that, I don't think you're a big fan no. of anyway. I'm not watching the MLS. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I'll stick with, I'll stick with college football is that's, you know, the college football, I use CBS a little bit for that too. Cause they have the CBS sports network. There's games there. Um, but yeah, it's mainly the ESPN plus, and I'm not just saying that because of the Jeter doc, which is tremendous <laughs> that people can watch on ESPN plus. I would like to see the ratings of the Jeter doc in your house. I mean, I was lucky. I got, I got the screener. So I, I, I didn't watch the first episode when it was on cause it was on late after the all-star game, which I didn't watch. So, but I watched the second episode when it was on live. Um, it was, you know. If you're a Yankee fan, it's a must watch. If you're not a Yankee fan, I'm sure you won't enjoy it. Yeah. So. Yankeeography. Absolutely. I'll uh, take it. I'll take it. All right, John, I appreciate it. And uh, we'll see uh, how our Barkley predictions play out. By the time most people listen to this, there'll probably be a decision. So people can either mock us or say we did a good job recapping it. Hey, man. Always happy to come on. I, I appreciate Thanks. still getting the invites. So that's great. Thanks. I, thank you. Be well. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind-down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect, flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. All right, joining me now... The top wrestling reporter, uh, journalist, whatever you want to use forever, from the Wrestling Observer <laughs> Newsletter, Dave Meltzer. Dave, how are you? Thanks. Um, yeah, I've been. This is definitely a week where I realize how long this has been. It's it's a really weird week for me because, um, I mean, my career doing the wrestling observer coincides completely with vince mcmahon's career owning the company since we both started at almost the exact same i started the i i had written when i was younger and other other stuff since i was 11 years old but the wrestling observer and vince mcmahon buying wwe started at roughly the same time and here it is 40 years later and it's uh it's the end of the era before we get into the Vince retirement and the future of WWE, where where does this past week stack up for you in terms of the craziest weeks you've had doing covering WWE pro wrestling? I mean, it's it's up there. The craziest weeks for sure that I could will say would be um, 2007 when with the Chris Benoit when he uh, killed his wife and his son and himself. That was number one. And nothing will ever top that as far as being crazy week and then um the 1997 survivor series with bret hart um was an insane week and in into some people in wrestling it was like the biggest story i i can't put that ahead of like a chris benoit you know that that situation because that was a national news story and mm -hmm. um owen hart just owen hart's death in 1999 Man. um was pretty big the death of wcw was a giant story but it wasn't um, we knew it was coming. I mean, it was that was pretty big too. I mean, in in hindsight, so those would be the biggest ones, and this would right. be right there with them. Right. Before we get into 
this the, the the Vince saga. Just curious. So you said you've been doing this for forty years, and your career coincides with Vince running WWE. What, what, did you have a relationship with Vince? What was it like? Any what, what was it, it was it was on and off. I mean, there were times um, you know where we talked uh, a decent amount, and then um, I don't think that we have talked in in many many years. The last time I mean I saw him would have been in when he was in San Jose a couple of years ago, and we talked briefly. But um, it was, you know, in recent years, you know, it's been through PR people and things like that. I mean, I personally, um, there was a period where, you know, he would call me fairly often and we would have very interesting discussions. But uh, I think after 2002, it was almost it was almost all through PR people. So when the news broke, he, he sent out a tweet Friday that he was retiring. Uh, how shocked were you? Yeah, I mean, I was shocked in, in one sense just because of the finality of it. But, you know, you could see the thing building up. I mean, when I saw the Wall Street Journal second article, my immediate reaction reading it is that he's got to go. And um, and he was then, you know, after that, he had told the talent that he's not going no matter what, um, you know, at the Vegas show, uh, July 2nd. And um, so I thought there might be a big fight. And then he kind of went quietly. Um, and I guess it's investigations must have turned up things that uh they felt that he had to leave um and i i could see it you know when um the second when the second story came i really could see that it was there was a real good chance that it would happen but the second story didn't get as much media pub as the first um so then i started thinking like well maybe you know he'll just stay head of creative for a while but um i mean the the moment of the of the thing was, was a shocker but the fact that it happened not not really so do you think he retired more because he didn't want more scandals coming out of the woodwork or do you think he retired because of this specific story where he paid off i think it was four women over 15 years 14.6 million dollars and then there were some issues i guess with the board and whether it was a personal expense business expense or something i I apologize i don't know enough about the business world to know what that whole deal was but in specifically about him retiring, what do you think it was that made him say, okay, I got to go, or someone telling him he's got to go? I think the feeling was is that with the investigations against him, um, you know, by the SEC and, and maybe a federal probe, um, that he had to go. You know, I don't think it was, you know, I think that it was well known. I don't, I never heard of any pressure from like NBC or, or Fox. They have a morals clause in the contract where they could have, you know, used this to pressure him to go if they wanted to. Um, but I didn't hear that they did that when it when it first happened before we had heard about the federal probe and the um, and the uh, SEC investigation. You know, the, the the talk in the company and my speculation was that, OK, it's either, you know, one of the sponsors or TV stations or something invoked that clause and pressured him out. Or um, there was something that, you know, from a media standpoint that they got wind of that was coming another story. And maybe that was just like, OK, they're going to just keep coming with new stuff. And it's just best that I leave. But I think that it was just that, you know, the, 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 the fact that he was being investigated and that it was getting to be real controversial for the company. And they had to they have to redo some books for the last couple of years regarding profits, losses and expenses. And they didn't uh, do their accounting right because of perhaps stuff he either withheld or um, or, or whatever. And, um, yeah, I think he just had to go. It's, it, you know. It's still amazing. Like, you know, you say he had to go and it's still amazing to me that he went, you know, you've always thought yep. that it's his company. He's pro wrestling. He has it's said, anonymous. 
you know, while he has not done a million interviews over the years, he's always, you know, everyone thought he's he's doing that job till he till he passes. Like there was no retirement was never a word you ever thought that would ever be associated with Vince McMahon. This obviously isn't really a retirement, but I'm surprised no matter how much pressure there was forcing him out. I'm still surprised he, he went. The one thing I always thought with Vince was the only way he would go was to save his company. And I, and he was the person who would save his company first. And I think that that is maybe part of it. Plus, right. you know, again, he wants to save it for, you know, his daughter, his son-in-law and, and just his legacy. I think that right. he wants this WWE to go forever because as long as WWE is around, uh, you know, Vince McMahon was he was not the creator of WWE, but he was the creator of this version of WWE. Right. And he was the creator of this version of the pro wrestling business. And I don't think he wants that lifetime of work to go away, you know, especially when you're older and you kind of like realize that, uh, you know, your life is your legacy, right. you know, and how you're how you're remembered. And he's going to be remembered in a lot of different ways. You know, there's there's a lot good and a lot bad when, when it comes to Vince. Yeah. I mean, any any story that's um, only good or only bad is missing a huge part of the story. Yeah. Um, I want to get into what's going to happen going forward. But, you know, when the news first broke, of course, everyone's first take is, is this real? Is this not real? I think everyone now knows it's real. But there is a question here about can he come back in six months? Is it let the pressure die down, let the media stories die down and come back? Or do you think this is it? I think it, I, I mean, my gut says this is it, but I think that the deal is, is that when these investigations are over, if they clear him, I think that he would try to come back if, if, you know, when the investigations are over. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my thought on the subject. If he's somehow cleared of all wrongdoing, I don't know how, but if that's the case, then I think he would come back. Right. Now, this is a bizarre question that would only work here in the wrestling world, but could he come back? This week, as a char as an on-air character, I, I don't think that's happening. But no, no, I know it's not. I know it's not happening. But I'm saying that could that that's not something that is not allowed to happen. No, he's got to be divested from the company for now. I think that that's okay. pretty clear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And as long as these investigations are ongoing, uh, you know, he's out. John Laurinaitis is out, right. and um, you know, and, you know, yeah. So what makes this crazy too? another layer and all this is, you know, Stephanie had just taken a leave of absence, right? Triple H um, had had health problems. So he was away from the company. Now they're both back with Nick Khan in the mix as well. Give me uh, in terms of the WWE superstars. Are they happy that it's Triple H running creative and, and Stephanie in charge of the company with Nick Khan? I think so. Um, you know, he, he definitely has a lot of allies there, um, you know, for, for the position he was in in NXT. Um, you know, a lot of the older wrestlers, you know, might have had issues with Paul, Paul Levesque, Triple H. Mm. But um, most of the younger wrestlers really like him from a management standpoint. They A lot of them came up through NXT and he was, um, you know, very well liked from there. And, um, you know, you always have your your uh, the people you butt heads with, especially in the wrestling business. But, yeah, I think that it is. Um, uh, you know, uh, the shock and everything. I, I know some people are kind of like, well, we'll see how it goes, you know, kind of um, skept skeptical or wait and see. But most that I've heard from are are positive. I think that they right. think that it's it was time for a fresh approach and, um, you know, different a different view of the creative. And they think that that Paul 
I think the wrestling that a lot of the wrestlers like mm-hmm. is 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 similar to what Paul likes. Whereas the wrestling that a lot of the wrestlers grew up on and their favorite stuff inside, um, Vince was more into other aspects that sometimes they wouldn't they weren't as happy with. But you know, you do it because your bo- your boss tells you to do it. Right. I mean, in another layer again in all of this. Um, so Triple H Polovec takes over now. Vince is his father in law, so you know does vince you know can you envision vince saying to you know triple h over like a sunday dinner you know you shouldn't do this with brock lesnar or you you know you make sure roman keeps the title for 200 more days i mean it's it's it as someone who's followed wrestling it's impossible for me to think that doesn't happen Uh, it's impossible well you know i think that and also stephanie in, in in her position he's he's gonna be giving her advice you would think right so i think the influence he's gone but I don't think that the influence is not there because as you said, you know, like there's going to be times where he speaks to his daughter and just goes, you know, Hey, you know, do this, do this, do this. And she'll listen because Vince has, you know, 40 years experience in the chair and uh, ran the company. And, you know, if he were, you know, if, 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 you know, if he was your father-in-law and he gave you suggestions, you may not take every suggestion, but you will absolutely listen to everyone. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, now the fans, WWE fans, you, you know, they, I think a lot of them think like, okay, we're going to see changes and right away and all these things they want done differently. And there's all this stuff with Kevin Dunn. And, um, I, I would assume it's going to be a, a gradual change here. I, I, I don't, I would assume what we see, you know, what made this, let me backtrack. What made the Vince retirement even more shocking, if you want to, you know, they had a, a Monday Night Raw this week at Madison Square Garden, which everyone knows is a special deal to Vince and always has been for WWE. And then they have their second biggest pay-per-view on Saturday in SummerSlam. So, you know, that can tell you sort of the fact that, you know, Vince had to go if it was done at this time. But I would imagine the plans for SummerSlam, for example, they can't be drastically different. No, no. Right. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the, 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 the Raw show was pretty much laid out before Vince left. You know, I mean, they do that work, you know, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, he left on Friday. So most of that, I heard there were a few minor changes, but, um, you know, it's essentially that show now going forward, you know, all this work this week, that's going to be, you know, um, um, on, on Paul. And um, I think SummerSlam, as far as, um, you know, finishes and stuff, I think he'll, he'll probably have a little bit of, uh, you know, not a lot of influence on. And then... Um, you know, as far as uh, going forward, I think that, you know, we will see you know, gradual changes and perhaps new characters being mixed in and, and uh, you know, it'd be very fascinating to watch. I think it's, and, I think there's a lot in, of curiosity right now. Right. And in terms of the TV production, you know, every, you know, it, it, it's fans, I think, feel frustrated that every promo is so heavily scripted. Do you think something like that changes with Vince gone and triple and pull back in? Well, Stephanie was the one who pretty much, you know, introduced scripted promos and a large writing team. They have a large writing team. Right. So um, there might be some people who they have confidence in. And they, there has always been people like Kevin Owens, you know, who's a great t- talker, you know, where they'll, they'll go like, you know, you, um, you know, hit your time cue and, 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 and um, you know, I mean, it's scripted word for word, but some of the talent has influence on the scripting and works with the writers on the scripting. A lot of, you know, you know, the top talent does. Right. So. I don't expect that aspect to be different, but maybe 
the aspect of how of what is scripted because there was a lot of scripting that they did that was we used to always get frustrated because they would talk in a manner and use verbiage that real people would never use in that situation right. because Vince liked certain terms and everything. And Stephanie's a big buzzword person, you know. I mean, she right. she's always talking buzzwords, so I think some of that will still exist. But I'm hoping that the the talking will become more conversational and more realistic. But as far as the end of scripting, I don't expect that. Uh, that was one of my questions I wanted to ask you. You know, Vince is famous for all these sort of restrictions on the words. Like you're right. not, you shouldn't say belt. I believe you're not belt, allowed to belt say belt is a word he didn't like. Wrestling, he didn't really like. Right. They had to be superstars, not wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, there were a few others in there. The belt one, I know. Um, does that? You think that changes at all? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's there's no reason for it. those were just like we would call them Vinceisms. Right. And right. I don't I don't think there's any need to keep the Vinceisms. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. Were you surprised at all on Monday night that right out of the gate there was sort of two Vince jokes? Um, Paul Heyman, the brilliant and hysterically wild and talented Paul Heyman, his mic was not working. And he said to the sound guy, you must be from New Jersey. And then he said, we're going to write you up. You may be the next one out of here. And then, of course, there was Roman with Theory saying, your daddy's not here anymore. Were you at all surprised they went there right away on Monday night? Um, with Heyman, it's just like he's really quick on the on the, the draw, and um, that was what he came up with, with Roman. Um, you know, what's funny is because I totally misinterpreted that line. I was like the only one. I, because because uh, in storyline, Theory's father had been like uh, Johnny Gargano, but they were they were referring to Vince, and I thought, oh, right. why are they referring to Johnny Gargano? So I totally like it. it okay. I, I don't think kind of almost like that was a that was hilarious, you know. But um, surprised, no, no, they're right. they're looking to be a little edgy. So yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Um, another thing in all this that I'm sure if people listening who are into wrestling who are into WWE, where is Shane McMahon? Where does he fit into in into this at all, or is he just completely done and this has no impact on him? You know, you don't. You can never say anything about the future. Um, you know, right now there's nothing. He's not in the company. He was fired by Vince um, in January, right? And um, but you never say never. You know, and he's still the brother-in-law of, of Paul Levesque, um, and obviously the the brother of, of Stephanie. And um, he's got a long history. The idea of bringing him back in some television form at some point, I could see it. Um, so man management. I mean, you never say never, but it's it's you know he's been out of management for so many years. So, um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say like oh, one hundred percent, he'll never come back. I actually expect at some point, someday, he will. So I'm gonna go off the highway here and and pause all this just to follow up on something you because I, I find it fascinating where you you said Vince fired Shane. Now, if I remember correctly, the story was that Shane was in charge of the Royal Rumble, and I guess it was a disaster, and Vince fired Shane. Is that an accurate synopsis or is there more to it than there that? Were, I mean, I mean, it was the Royal Rumble. He was in charge. And um, then there was, I think that there were um, problems between him and, and I think it was Brock Lesnar about some of the scripting of the Rumble. And Brock pretty much gets whatever he wants. And um, there was a feeling that he was booking the Royal Rumble all around himself too much as opposed to other people. I know that there was a spot where you know, Matt Riddle, who's like one of their upcoming big stars, you know, they were having like a slugfest and he was going to get the best of Riddle, who actually fought in UFC and is, you know, 16 years younger and all that. And I think that there's and that actually happened in the match. I was and it's kind of like, um, you know, that one got through where it's kind of like, um, yeah, you know, he's 
it, it's it's it and there were other things and and yeah he got fired after that and the rumble yeah the rumble wasn't a great rumble and now i don't know if you know this if you don't know this just tell me i don't want to ask you to opine on things but vince firing his son is that a difficult decision for vince or is it vince mcmahon and he doesn't care about firing i mean it, it just sounds wild to me that he fired his son um yeah, I mean, it's wild to me, too. That, But, but you know, Shane's come and gone many, many times. Right. But, I mean, as far as, like, you know, how Vince views it or anything like that, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know Vince well enough to to know, you know, if how hard it was. I'm, I'm sure it's not easy. But like right. I said, Vince will do whatever he thinks is right for the company, you know, and that right. includes firing his son or, you know, removing his uh, son-in-law from certain duties or whatever he thinks at that moment, whether right or wrong, is the best thing for the company. He will make that move. Yes. Now, what's interesting about that is a, a big, big thing, it seems like online, internet, Reddit, with the WWE fans, is Kevin Dunn, who yep. does the TV. They, the fans seem to want him out. Um, Vince is always... You know, you would think, too... Listen, no matter what the job is, take out wrestling, no matter what any job is you you would think you would change things up every now and again just for a different perspective but kevin dunn's been there doing the same thing forever uh, would it, would his days be numbered now that vince is out put it this way um a couple of years ago when before a lot of controversy happened and paul had the health issue and everything like that it was kind of like um stephanie and paul will run the company you know when whenever vince has health issues or dies or whatever. Um, and at that point, everyone figured that uh, Kevin Dunn would be replaced. Um, you know, Vince will never replace him. So they, that was always what people figured. Will that happen ex exactly as everyone said? I mean, time will tell. Right. But, um, you know, again, with, it, with the people who I've talked to in the company about it, I mean, their assumption is, is that Kevin will be around for a little while. And at some point, he will probably retire. And then they will bring their, um, you know, you know, he was assembling his own crew in NXT to, to be his crew. You know, it's going to be his guys. And Kevin's Triple not H, his guy. Triple H's guys. Right. 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 So I think, I think, uh, you know, I think he'll be out at some point. But, you know, it, it could be. I don't think it's going to be right away either. Right. Now, I think the first time I heard this story was on the Conrad Thompson, Bruce Pritchard, Something to Wrestle With podcast where kevin dunn or his, someone like saved tapes that were burning or something and that's why vince is loyal to kevin dunn is that true I, you know i i just remember that um vince was so loyal to um i think that his kevin's father was a big big um you know worked with vince senior and that the families have just been close forever but um yeah vince you know vince always had vince's father had certain guys that um you know vince had to always take care of you know whether it was freddie blassie or um um, you know, um, Albano or uh, James Dudley or, um, you know, people like that, you know, Moolah probably. But um, that um, and that I, I don't know, um, you know, what, you know, Vince may have given them a list, too. Uh, but right. Kevin Dunn is Kevin Dunn's father, I believe, was one of those guys on that list. And Kevin Dunn has always been Kevin Dunn. And Vince have always been very, right. very close. So he was nothing was going to happen to Kevin Dunn as long as Vince was in charge. But he's not anymore. If 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 no one's ever heard the Jim Cornette episode of Something to Wrestle With, where Jim Cornette, where Bruce Pritchard tells the Jim Cornette story of getting in a fight with Kevin Dunn, and you're a wrestling fan, listen to oh, it yeah. as soon as you're done listening. I mean, to I've had podcast. Jim Cornette tell me that that story yeah. many times. Yeah, it's it's one of the funniest things ever. Um, I'm just gonna go some rapid fire here. Get 
quick answers because there's so much with all of this uh, in terms of fallout. Um, this is a weird one, but it fascinates me as someone who covers media. Bill Simmons and I believe it was Netflix were working on a big Vince documentary. Do you know how this impacts that at all? I was told a couple of weeks ago that that's done, that it's not okay. happening. The day This was right after the first Wall Street Journal bro story broke. The Netflix knew that they couldn't do that documentary. I mean, and, you know, a lot of people were working on a lot of things regarding Vince, you know, Vince McMahon books. And right. um, a lot of people are going to work on Vince McMahon histories and they all have to be changed now. You know, right. whatever, you know, because I think that all of those were going to be positive and a lot of them were going to be puff pieces. Um, there's also the TV series of, you know, Vince fighting the government um, that was going to be worked on. And right. I mean, the whole perspective of that, you know, I mean, that was a weird perspective anyway, because right. I, th I thought Vince bringing that stuff up, you know, the reality of that situation, even though Vince got acquitted in the trial, was very negative to the, you know, the actual story was very negative. So why bring that up? Um, right. But but Vince, you know, hated the prosecutors and probably hated Phil Mushnick and but rationally, you know, I mean, the prosecutors didn't have the great the greatest case, but Phil Mushnick, as far as his reporting went, you know, most of what he reported, <clears throat> you know, was accurate. Um, and, you know, holding a grudge against a reporter for being accurate. I mean, a lot of people do that. But I thought like trying to do a whole TV series on that was was really weird. But I bet it would have been good. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it would have been entertaining. It would have been entertaining. Uh, so, I do you think the the Netflix doc you said they they're not doing it? They're they, it's done, but they're not going to go forward with it. No, no, no. I heard that that uh, shuttered. Yeah, yeah. Really? Okay. Um, in terms of the older sort of legends who appear once in a while, Austin, Rock, Undertaker, Fall, you know. Are relations with relationships with them in jeopardy at all because Vince is gone? Did Vince deal with them directly? You know, we saw Austin at WrestleMania last year. Or do they're all pretty tight with Paul Levesque, Triple H, where that probably won't be an issue? I don't think any of that changes. I mean, with like Dwayne, he's gonna he's got his own business endeavors and whatever he wants to do um, with wrestling, you know, he he will do. I mean, it's a wild, wild story. But like I look at it, you know, and, and knowing Dwayne a little bit um, and everything, the idea of Dwayne ending up um, as like a presiding officer in this company someday is not out of the realm of possibility because, number one, he's very close with Nick Khan. And the other one is, is that, um, you know, he he loves wrestling. I mean, look, his daughter is is in wrestling and he's worth how much money. And, you know, if you don't want your your daughter in wrestling, you can do a million things with her. So and, and you know, obviously his father and his grandfather were in wrestling. And um, the idea of him, you know, like, uh, you know, like if this company goes on sale, goes for sale, which people think the idea of him putting together a consortium. I mean, obviously he by himself could not buy it, but, you know, heading a consortium to buy it. That wouldn't surprise me at all. And then him being, you know, kind of an overseer. Um, right. you know, and he knows the wrestling business a real, really, really well. He's very sharp with the wrestling business and the business business from the movies. So are, yeah. we, are we gonna see him versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? Um, that's up to him. I mean, I think that that was certainly the idea that everyone had for the thing, but it was always up to his schedule. Right. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, Roman, I had Roman on this podcast probably a year ago when I had asked him about it for the last WrestleMania, which was in Dallas. And Roman said to me, and I, I was surprised he was so honest about it. And he said, well, wouldn't it make more sense to do it in Los Angeles when WrestleMania is there? And I was like, yeah, it does make sense. Considering that's, that, that, that's what I was told, because there had yeah. been talk of of. Um, the, the two WrestleManias last year and next year were always going to be Roman and 
and Roman with Brock and Roman with Dwayne. But the idea was that, um, you know, which would, you know, which would be the first one and someone, you know, very close to the top basically said, look, you know, Dwayne wants to do, um, you know, Los Angeles. Right. Right. It meant that Brock was going to be the main event this year. Right. This past year. Yep. Um, I know a lot of fans listening to this, this has nothing to do with Vince, but I know a lot of fans want to know what's going on with Sasha Banks and Naomi. It's kind of up in the air. I mean, they're gone. Um, the last I heard was that there would be attempts to be made to reconcile, especially with Vince gone. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's up in the air. It's up in the air. I don't think there's anything definite just, just yet. And then Friday on the day that the announcement came out about Vince, there were the stories that Brock had left SmackDown that day. Then he came back for the show. Do we expect Brock to not stick around because Vince isn't there anymore? I think they made a deal with Brock that's really, really good. And I think Brock will be around. I, I don't know what happened, you know, but it was the moment the tweet came. So it's like one o'clock, one o five p.m., right? When Vince mm -hmm. makes the tweet on Friday and Brock walks out and then he showed back up at, at 830 and they were in communication with him. And, um, you know, the, the way it was told to me was they don't want it to look to the outside world. It was very imperative that it doesn't look to the outside world that Vince quit. And now our company's in chaos with our most famous wrestler walking out and missing this big pay-per-view as well. So it was one of those things where was Brock such a genius to figure out that at that moment, you know, they couldn't lose him and him walking out was this brilliant move. Or was he just frustrated about something and just cooled off? You know, as far as far as what happened in that seven and a half hours, um, you know, they were in communication with him and they made him happy. But, um, you know, exactly what they did, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. So Saturday is SummerSlam, as I said, second biggest pay-per-view of the year for the WWE. I, you think Vince is in, in Connecticut glued to the glued to Peacock watching every second of it? Or do you think he has this sort of like his personality i could see i could see him just being obsessed with watching it and then i could see him not being able to watch it because you know it might be too painful what, what do you think vince is on saturday night yeah i i um you know i don't know any more than you would know and i would have those i my gut was is that he's going to be watching it you know yeah and, uh, yeah yeah and and, for, and, 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 and 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 probably going crazy at things he doesn't like right and give me, I asked you, we touched on this before, but just as a, as a way to close it out, for the wrestling fan listening to this who, who watches Raw, who watches SmackDown, when do you think the they, would see, they would start to see maybe some changes, uh, the impact of Triple H, that maybe not necessarily changes, but the Triple H influence on the shows? A couple of weeks, right after SummerSlam? I, I, my gut is Monday after SummerSlam. You know, this, this yeah. coming Monday, we might see some stuff you know with if it's maybe some debuts or um you know just a, a new angles being shot and things like right. that yeah yeah i think Mon i think this coming monday i mean if there's any benefit here for the wwe i think they do get a nice ratings bump for the next little while here because i think people are going to be more than interested to see what's going on with the product yeah yeah i think we got a couple of weeks of yeah. um you know eventually it will go back to where it should be but um yeah i i do expect um you know the rate the ratings friday and monday were both you know way up from usual right and you you touched on this earlier but i just want to get into it just a little more specifically and then i'll let you go because this is you know ties into media a lot here they have deals like you said with with nbc which is peacock and with fox for smackdown are were they a player in you you said that they were fine with what was going on but 
Um, in terms of like putting Triple H in charge of creative, Stephanie, do they get a say in that? How involved are, are NBC and, and Fox? I couldn't tell you exactly. I mean, obviously, they, they're paying so much for this stuff that, that they certainly have to be informed. Right. Um, you know, how much influence they have, I couldn't tell you. But I think that from their perspective, since those are the people that they've dealt with, they would probably be those would probably be the people they'd be most comfortable with in that spot anyway. Right. But, um, you know, as far as how much influence, I don't know. I mean, it is, you know, like one of the things we talked about, it is really the thing I think the most fascinating or one of the most fascinating parts of the story is, is, you know, you go back just a couple of months and Stephanie was out of the company. Right. And 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 there was a non flattering story about her that they put out. And then um, there was in Business Insider. And then, um, you know, uh, who, Paul, Paul, that who put out? somebody in the company oh okay. okay basically she she had taken a leave of absence right okay? right she had taken a leave of absence and then they put out a story that that she was actually that vince actually uh, made the decision to to let her go and they did hire somebody for her position immediately you oh, know wow, um, i didn't i never saw that story yeah yeah that they hired someone um and i mean i had actually heard from other reporters um mm. that they were you know not you know they were they were basically saying she wasn't that great at her job and that business insider story was pretty much saying that and that she was really replaced and she was not leaving on her own i i am relatively sure she left on her own everything that i found out was you know she'd been talking about it for months and uh, there were a bunch of reasons most of which never came out and then I'm, I'm not even familiar with or that i don't know but right. that was that were hinted to me but the um and paul you know lost a lot of power um you know um when uh, they decided to make the changes in nxt and now you know they're they're the ones running the thing you know i mean it's just an interesting it's been an oh, unbelievable yeah. roller coaster of, of, of the last few months absolutely you know and I'm, i i would imagine too i think this even ha i think i saw something even though vince is is gone now retired i i, I would imagine there's going to be people talking and leaking and we're going to hear now who knows what comes out what's true you know bitter maybe there's someone who was bitter about the way they were used I, i'm sure some of the stuff obviously will be true but I wonder how much him retiring stops the leaks and, and bad stories or if we're going to keep getting dribs and drabs here. Um, you know, I mean, as far as like people, who, I think that there's going to be a lot of people who are um, who are afraid of saying things bad about Vince that may not be so afraid. Right. Um, so um, but I don't you know, but, you know, it's funny because even when when some of the stuff with Vince came out, a lot of people still wouldn't say bad. And, you know, like, again, there's a there's a thing um wrestlers you know even even the ones who are frustrated by their creative position things like that they made a lot of money with vince and more money than they ever expected they would ever make in their right. lives yep. and i think that there's um you know wrestlers themselves for the most part were not negative to vince you know even though there were all kinds of things that were questionable during that period and and everything um but wrestlers you know you don't you don't bite the hand that feeds you you know, right. in a lot of right. cases, you know, some some will. But um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think it'll be some, but I don't think it'll be an overwhelming amount. Yeah. I, you know, I, I hate to say this because I, I'm one of the I, I hate when people are pushed out of jobs or diminished because of age. But it does seem like in pro wrestling where you've got to do storylines that appeal to younger people. It's, I think it's just difficult having a set, even if, listen, he's the greatest wrestling mind of all time. This, you know, everything in wrestling revolved around Vince, but he is 77. At some Almost, point, yeah. you know, this you need, I think, younger blood in terms of right. You know, I know they have writers, but every decision stopped with Vince. 
So just from that standpoint, I think it'll be interesting in terms of the on-air product to see. Absolutely. You know, um, does it get, you know, because one of the things is, is there was always people, um, you know, the age is something, you know, um, yeah. but there's always the thing of like, okay, this company, especially in the last several years, um, because of all of the television deals, um, they're, they're idiot proof. Okay. And I'm not saying Vince is an idiot at all. I'm just saying. Right that they are idiot proof. They cannot lose money, you know, uh, you know, and, and they could fall in popularity to a degree, but um, they'd have to, and, and, you know, yeah, if they put out an absolutely horrendous product, they would, they would lose popularity. And in the long run, they would go down. Um, and Paul will not, you know, uh, triple H will not put out a horrendous product, whatever he does. I've seen the products he's done before, you know, it, it, it you know, will it be as good as Vince to draw from the general public time will tell, um, I think, I think it might be better, but, but, you know, there's no way of knowing, but, um, you know, the Vince was in a position where, um, you know, no matter what he did, it was the company was going to be very, very successful financially. And, um, you know, but there were still people who thought that like only Vince could do this. Right. 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 I don't know that that's the case. I mean, I, I, I thought the Vince, the Vince of the eighties was, um, you know, the Vince of the 80s was, um, you know, really, really sharp and built that company and everything like that. Um, I think that, you know, in the last, you know, whatever years, there's there. I think that there could have been other people put in that position and been, um, you know, more successful in that position. But, um, you know, we'll never know. And now I guess we'll find out if it has to be Vince or not. And I think it doesn't have to yeah. be Vince. Right. This is the very last question, I promise, is will this company be put up for sale and get sold anytime in the future i believe so yeah i think that's an inevitability um when and to who you know we can all look at the big media conglomerates but yeah i the stock market thinks so because that's why the stock has gone up is because they think with vince out that uh the sale will become quicker um but even even with vince there i had expected you know the real since 2016 you know people in the company had, had i think from 2016 on had said like we're they're making moves to get ready for a sale. That's six years ago. I think when they saw, you know, the uh, when UFC got four billion, that it sort of opened their eyes. That oh my God, you know, it's more money than we ever dreamed. And our company's similar to UFC. And now, obviously, if they were sold, it would be for far, far, far more than four billion. Um, so I think that that will happen. And then you know, at that point, as we've seen with UFC, uh, and and with every company, it's like you know, all kinds of front office changes end up getting made then and then they'll put their own people in charge and right. who knows right i'm not ready for that yet this was enough what happened this week um <laughs> i appreciate you coming on and, and giving us all some insight and some information obviously huge huge story so no one better to talk to about it than you so thank you for coming on i appreciate it okay thanks very much uh, thanks. very interesting conversation thank you thanks okay take care Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up, like Mother's Day and the wind-down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect, flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. All right, joining me now... Back after a week off for our weekly train of thought segment from WFAN in New York, SNY TV in New York, my buddy Sal Akata. Sal, are you refreshed? Uh, no, I am not. Uh, I, I learned that, and it was nice to be away, but I learned that a vacation with a 15-month-old is not a vacation, in fact. So you're not refreshed. I thought you would be refreshed <laughs> and in a good mood. It was nice. No, I'm in a good mood. It was nice to yeah. be off. Don't get me wrong, but it flies by, and it just you know it's it goes too fast. And like I said, you, it was nice to be able to spend time with my daughter and my wife and, and be home. But it's not like you know I was sitting by poolside or the beach the entire time for ten days with my feet up, which is something I guess I need to do come February. What was your social media consumption during these ten days? Great question. That was actually the best part of my vacation. It started, you know how it is, like you try to wean yourself off of it. So the first day I was checking a little bit and then I was like, all right, let me, let me try to check out. And by day two, day three, I was out. I didn't, I had it off my phone. I did not check tweets. I did not check in. I barely checked. I checked some sports scores or whatever last week before the All-Star break or the last series before the All-Star break. But other than that, I was off of it for a good eight days or so. So that was a nice cleanse. And then, of course, I come back to all the, you idiot, the Braves are going to beat the Mets, you suck, blah, blah, blah. And I realized that social media is not, in fact, healthy. Welcome back. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Nothing says welcome I, back from vacation like you suck, you idiot. I mean, and you didn't tweet for 10 days and people bash. Like, I get right. if you tweeted stuff and then people bash you, but you didn't even tweet people are bashing you. I came um, back with one tweet, and then immediately after I sent that tweet, it was like, you know, I realized yeah. I shouldn't have sent it, and I should just delete Twitter forever. But anyway. Well, let's start with good news that happened while you were on your vacation. Someone we are huge fans of, Christopher Maddog Russo, finally got into the Radio Hall of Fame. So we got to give a shout out and props 
to the doggy who I have listened to this week and his entire shows have been about, you know, him being a legend in radio. So it's been amusing. And I've heard I heard him give you a shout out as his, as your fifth his fifth child or whatever it was, which was freaking amazing. I loved he, it. You good? No, no. He likes that I promote the first take videos with him and Stephen A. But you go. Yeah, you you and him have gotten closer than him and I. And I once babysat for his kids. He's my idol <laughs> for God's sake. I work with him on the show. I remember him telling me that he was going to leave before he actually left the dog, Mike and the Mad Dog show. I, and he, you and him are now best buddies. Did you text him to congratulate him? I did not. I didn't want to well, be. I, yeah, I mean, look, I, I'll, I mentioned it maybe on the air. I think it's, I think it's ridiculous that he didn't get in. It, you, he knows my opinion. At least you know it. He's the best I think ever to do it. So I love that Susan got in as well. But how could Mike get in without Mad Dog? Like it doesn't make well, any sense to me. How because the whole thing works. listen, just because it's a radio, all Hall of Fames everywhere are awful, and no one should yeah. take them seriously. But it's nice that he got in. He deserves the honor. And, he should and have been in years ago. It, you're right. It should have. And if, like, I just assume that he would have been in already. Same with Susan. But if he is happy and proud about it, I guess he is. You're right. I probably should text him and just let him know that. Yeah. Send him a text. Um, I should mention, I should have mentioned this when you first came on. We've gotten a lot of reviews on Apple, but this is a very long podcast because we had two guests and now this segment. So we'll read them next week. So okay. if anyone is listening, Leave a five-star review on Apple. Write a review. I'll read it next week. We have a lot we'll, re- we'll read next week. A um, couple of other topics. Bes- yeah, and I, I want to shout out. I'm very happy Susan Wallman also got in the Radio Hall of Fame. Yankee analyst on radio and a reporter for like 100 years for, for the Yankees and used to do the Knicks and well-deserved for Susan Wallman as well. So definitely have to mention that. Um, have you watched any of the Jeter doc? Yes, uh, and I've loved it. I was just talking to somebody out in the SNY newsroom about it. They were saying that, oh, Met fans aren't watching it. I think they're doing themselves a disservice. If you're a baseball fan at all, I know you as a Yankee fan and a Jeter lover are going to love it more than, you know, if you're not a Yankee fan. But I lived through those years. I hated those Yankee teams. I despised Derek Jeter and Joe Torre and everybody. I'm loving the, the first two episodes that I've seen so far. It's very big of you. Shows you no, I mean, compl- it's, it's, you, you're, you're learning something. You're getting insight to Derek Jeter. You're reliving, even though it wasn't great memories for me, you're still reliving great history with the dynasty and getting insight to Derek Jeter himself. They they did it right. They have Jeter. They have other Yankees on there and former players and good people that you're hearing from. So I've loved the first two. I can't wait for episode three like, and four on Thursday. I wouldn't watch a David Ortiz seven-part docuseries on ESPN. You're a bigger That's man fair. than me. No, well, I don't know if I would either, but this is Derek Jeter. This right. is not it's it's not just some Yankee or some right. Red Sox or some Met. It's Derek Jeter. How could you not be interested? You learn from that. I mean, you learn from the way that he was raised, the way that he came up to be a professional. I mean, come on, you can learn a ton from that. I will say, and obviously I'm not objective on this, as you pointed out, but I do think put aside the Jeter, the Yankees, it's a well done docuseries. I think if I feel like this is a Jeter, like we've never heard him before. So from that standpoint, I I think people should check it out if they don't just completely detest Derek Jeter. I can't um, wait to get to the to, to the gift baskets part. That's what I want to know about. I want that more part is not drama. That's not great, the, the gift basket. I mean, I don't know. Like, First of all, he's addressed it before, but no one knew it because it was on a Dan Patrick old interview show that was on DirecTV, so nobody really saw it. I remember I did it in my... I don't remember if it was Train of Thoughts or Hot Clicks, but he had addressed it before, 
And, you know, his reaction is what you expect. He's like, you know, this is ridiculous, basically. There's not, that's not really like an in-depth part of it, but they, I mean, they get into it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind-down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Let me keep it rolling here. The biggest story of the week on social media is the fact that Klondike is no longer producing the Choco Taco ice cream treat. Where do you stand? Were you a big fan of it? It seems to me like everyone on Twitter wants to say they're a fan of it, but no one must have been ordering it or getting it from the ice cream man or buying it in the store. Yeah, it was It was never a go-to of mine. I've had it. I'm familiar with it. It was never a go-to. I would say maybe I've had two in my life but i've definitely heard of it and you know it's always one of those choices up on the ice cream truck but it was not my go-to the ice cream truck comes right now in front of where you are you go out there what do you order wwf ice cream bars they don't have them anymore that's what i want that was my go-to from like 1989 or 1990 listen i agree it's the best ice cream bar ever created but they don't make (laughs) them anymore so if the ice cream truck came today what are you ordering not Mr. Softy. We're talking regular ice cream no, truck? No, regular ice cream truck that we have here in Long Island, not the Mr. Softy. I'd say probably a strawberry shortcake or a creamsicle. I'm not – maybe I'd have to see it to refresh my memory, but I'm not, I would never got nuts with that. I always went with standard. I know what I'm getting. Go right. for the home run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you'll see when your daughter gets a little older, because like my nieces, they get anything that's got like a lot of colors and looks disgusting. Right. The, the gumballs in the middle. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a good one, too. Remember the baseball glove? I used to get that a lot. The red yeah, baseball, glo- baseball glove with the white ball, gumball. I didn't middle. love that, but I do. I didn't love it, but I remember it. I, I remember it well. I, but yeah. I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, <laughs> I wanted to get into this topic. Have you seen these stories that Bruce Springsteen's going on tour? His tickets are like $5,000 each and people are flipping out. And apparently Adele is on tour and their tickets going for $40,000 to see Adele. Now, I don't think you're a big Bruce guy. Yeah, it's insane. So Bruce, uh, Bruce is the guy who does that, uh, that Christmas song, right? Exactly. <laughs> you and I are on the same wavelength with Bruce where we don't. But so here's my question to you. What is the most you would pay for a ticket to a concert? Lower level, not in the front row, not in the upper deck, but like, you know, maybe like a a decent floor seat for whatever. Are, I know you're a huge Kanye West guy. Like, what is the most you would pay to see Kanye West floor seats, Madison Square Garden? Probably 500 bucks. I don't think I'm going more than that. And I know it would cost obviously way more. Even Billy Joel, like I love him. Um, I, I don't think i would pay more than 500 bucks for a concert because i don't really care necessarily where i sit i'd like to have decent seats but i never i don't even think i've ever sat on the floor usually i like sitting on the side as close to the stage as i can that first level up not the floor on the side as close as i can but you know even eminem who i love and maybe a look maybe 750 max but i think that that's egregious that that's a ridiculous amount to see a concert i can't wait to ask your wife about this next time i see her you know, someone well, spent seven seven fifty for an Eminem concert. I want to get her reaction. That, that's like my max. Five hundred would probably be the cutoff. I mean, I think what what's the average? Two fifty, three hundred so nowadays. Let me let me go. Who would you rather see in concert, Eminem or Kanye West? Great, great question. I've seen both multiple times. If right now you're telling me that they're both on tomorrow I think night, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I have not seen Eminem in a while. And, you know, Kanye's gone off the rails a little bit, these concerts where he does the political stuff. And I've seen him a lot. I would probably go Eminem right now for nostalgia purposes. I'd love to. All right. So Eminem, Madison Square Garden tomorrow. Most you'd pay for a ticket for a decent seat. Am I going by myself? You go. Yeah. Let's say you go by yourself. You're going with me. You're going with me. Right. But you're paying your own ticket. I'm not taking my wife. Right. So, yeah. One ticket. One ticket. I might go more than seven fifty if I had to. If it was like Eminem can play all the hits, yeah. Well, Just, you can't tell my wife about it. I mean, if oh. I you, if I had to go one show, there, that was it. This is the be all end all. Last time I'll ever see him plays all the hits. I'd probably go maybe go over seven fifty. But that's again, that's nuts. That's insane. Yeah, you're talking about yourself. Well, what would you? What would your max be for Billy Joel or whoever it is that you want to see? Three hundred. Paul McCartney, but, you know. but I, here's the: th- I have a thing with concerts. You might, I, I can't sit in a bad seat. I'm the opposite of you. I can't sit. I'm not sitting in the upper deck. I'd rather not go. Right. So when well, I do to go on to the floor, no, I don't need to be on the floor. I'm like you. I, I, the sides are fine. I'm totally lower level on the side is fine. But if you tell me, you know, you know, Billy Joel's at the Garden tomorrow, fifty dollars for the upper deck. I'm not going. Right. There's just no way. I can't. I need to be low. Either a floor seats are way too expensive. Those are out of, but the that first level, like it's usually like the one hundreds, for instance, like at the garden. Like 
you know, I, would I pay 300 for Billy Joel? Probably not. Cause I've seen him so many times. If it was someone, you know, I was dying to see, I think 300 would be my max. Yeah. You have to understand too, when you go to a concert, like you're saying 750, I'm saying 300. That's just the beginning. It's the cost to get there. The co- you know, God forbid you want a, a drink, uh, you know, it's. <laughs> So about fifteen hundred bucks just to go see right. a concert. No, I, I know think, realistically, yeah. it'd have to be a special concert for me to go over five hundred. I think Eminem, one night only, or whatever that may right. qualify for me. But even that's just you know over five hundred is ridiculous. But you said seven fifty. Well, you're asking me like my. I mean, what's another two fifty? You're gonna spend five hundred. What's another two fifty? Love to it. At least live through it. Yeah. Love it. Um, Last thing, I w- did you have you did you watch any new shows, anything over vacation, anything to recommend to the people? I've told people, I I watched the Bear on Hulu. I recommend it, and mm. the Bear is easy because it's uh, it's only eight ap- episodes and it's a half hour each, so you can get. But it's intense. It's not a show you want to watch like when you're laying in bed right before you're about to fall asleep. The Bear, and then, huh? yeah, it's on Hulu. It's good. It's about a guy who takes over a restaurant after his brother dies. If you're into food and restaurants, it's it's cool. And I I joined the rest of the world and I binge Succession a couple of weeks ago. It took me like six days to watch the three seasons. So what would you think? Yeah, I love great. it. Great yeah, show. It's great. Yeah. I would um, better call. So I told you about is my that's the show right now for me. The one show that my wife and I, and I think it's a couple years old by now, that one that was on, I think it's FX, which we now watch it on Hulu, the one about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. Oh, Impeachment. Impeachment. It's not uh, that old. It, it came out in it, within the last year. Yeah, um, we're five episodes in, and that's only because we haven't had enough time because I've been back to work, but I, I cannot get enough of that. I, I love that. Right How now. many episodes is it? I think it's 10. I don't know. Oh, Maybe okay. it's eight. Uh, it's either t- eight or 10. But right. I, I, I want to say 10 because I feel like we were halfway through. But uh, we're five through, and I, I love it. I think the acting is really good. Now, who knows how true it is? I think it's coming from Monica Lewinsky's standpoint, which I do believe that there would be a lot of truth to it, but very yeah. disturbing stuff. Yeah. I, I meant to watch that when it was on. Never got it. I think it was on during football season, and then, you know, mm-hmm. nothing gets watched. But I mean, that maybe I'll put that on the list. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, it's good to have you back. We'll good read reviews next week. Yeah, everyone leave a five-star review. Write something, and uh, we'll read them next week. And uh, be well. All right. We'll talk to you Get refreshed. Later. Get refreshed. <laughs> Need another vacay. I know. Bye, Sal. All right. My thanks to John Oran, Dave Meltzer, Sal Licata. Big show. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe to the SI Media Podcast. Leave a review on Apple. We will read it next week in the Train of Thought segment and check out past episodes in the archives. We've had a great run of guests, so give those a look if you have not listened to each of the uh, episodes in the past weeks. All right. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Stay safe and take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.